I'm Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days. Because of renewed listener interest in the connection between the vaccine and the biblical mark of the beast, I want to re-air this episode from the fall of 2021. In this episode, I'll continue with where I left off in Part 1 and share key insights from earlier episodes that contain understanding that helped me connect the dots between the mark of the beast and today's vaccines. It's called Keys to Unlock the Vaccine Mark of the Beast Connection, Part 2. If you did not listen to Part 1, I encourage you to, because I will not repeat that information here. Now, the reason that I keep sounding this warning is all I have learned about the nefarious players who are running the show on the whole coronavirus vaccine narrative. For over 30 years, I've been studying their tactics, their identity, their ultimate intent, and what marks them as part of the kingdom of the beast. The biggest resistance to what I'm sharing is that many simply cannot fathom the diabolical way these people think. Jesus said we would know them by their fruit. So we're going to look at that fruit. He also warned us three times in Matthew 24 to take heed or be careful that you not be deceived, which tells us they have a powerful ability to deceive with words. Now we see this in the media and the many voices of misinformation, and we're searching for what is the truth. Now, before getting into it, please understand that my realization that the vaccine could be the mark of the beast did not happen overnight. Rather, it was an awakening that came while researching various threads. Let me explain. When I was in the MBA program, we did a study of the brain and took an extensive test to identify our respective thinking styles. In other words, I was learning how my brain works, and it was very insightful. We know that there are left-brain people, those who focus on data and facts and science, and there are right-brain people who see things totally differently. I'm going to focus on the right brain for a minute because there are two thinking styles within right-brain thinking. First are those who process things through the lower right brain area. I call this area personalize. This is the area closest to the limbic system, which controls our instincts, feelings, and memories. These people are very strong in empathy and emotional intelligence. They navigate life using their gut their intuition, and pay attention to the internal warning system that God put inside of all of us. The personalizers are deeply influenced by messaging that appeals to their feelings, their compassion for the many who are sick. These are primarily trusting people by nature. This is the way they are wired. The upper right part of the brain, however, is a little different. I call it conceptualize. It's the ability to see patterns and trends and signs in unusual places. A conceptualizer experiences flashes of insight and suddenly has an aha moment where he or she sees the big picture, the vision of where the enterprise is to go, 
This ability is especially strong in entrepreneurs and visionaries. Now, each quadrant of the brain is found in the Creator, and we each have varying amounts, and that's what makes us unique. But with this area of the brain, the Lord gives conceptualizers the ability to see the end from the beginning and understand how all the pieces fit. Interestingly, scientists have a phrase that describes what right-brain people experience 24-7. They refer to our aha thinking as bursts of neural activity. They can actually see the neurotransmitters in the brain light up when the idea or an aha revelation hits. Now, it's this last group of people where I fit. For instance, you may have heard the original podcast called Could the Vaccine Be the Mark of the Beast? and go, wait a minute, how did she come up with that? But just understand that my mind has been engaged for over 30 years studying various threads relative to this topic. And suddenly my neurotransmitters went crazy. I saw the big picture. So what I'm trying to do in the last episode and in this one is to pass on to you the key things that triggered my aha moment on this vaccine Mark of the Beast connection. As I review earlier episodes and you hear something that makes you go, wait a minute, I need to look into that deeper. Make a note of the name of that episode and then go back to my podcast page at CandiceLong.com and find it. Remember, too, that in my description notes, I always put my resource material and links to additional reading if you're interested. So let's continue our review with a three-part series that focuses on the invasion of the Nephilim. The Return of the Nephilim Part 1 deals with how the Nephilim invaded Earth the first time leading up to the Flood. You'll see the pattern to look out for, what their initial strategy was, and the way that Satan has organized his spiritual army. You'll see how they corrupted the Earth by mixing Satan's DNA with human DNA through genetic engineering, to manufacture his race of people. You'll learn the difference between fallen angels, Nephilim, demigods, titans, evil spirits, and demons. We need to know our enemies and how each category operates. What are their ranks and their areas of authority? I report my findings that since the 1950s, government leaders under Truman and Eisenhower made a secret alliance with alien beings, allowing them to conduct human and cattle abductions in exchange for space and aeronautical technology. I present evidence that as many as 3% of the U.S. population may have been involved in abduction experiences. That's over 9 million Americans. So imagine the intermarriages that have resulted from those millions of people in whom was inserted alien genetic material. In the next episode, The Return of the Nephilim Part 2, I break out Daniel's prophecy of the final kingdoms and focus on the final kingdom right before the day of the Lord. You need to know that the key marker of that kingdom, according to Daniel, was mixed seed, 
mixed DNA, which is why Daniel wrote that this final kingdom would be so dreadful and terrible. Simply put, it is because this final kingdom, ours, is not fully human. I also go into more depth into how those descended from the Nephilim down through the generations have assumed leadership in the highest levels of our government, technology, media, finance, business, education, and arts sectors. That's why our culture is imploding. Jesus said in the last days, wickedness will multiply. Now, the key concept here is the word multiply. When you have people intermarrying with Satan's DNA thrown into the mixed race, let's examine the difference between the words addition and multiplication. Let me show you. When you add 2 plus 2 five times, you get 10. When you multiply 2 times 2 and keep multiplying that answer five times, you get 4,294,967,296. This is what is happening. Since wickedness is multiplying, what did Jesus say to examine? Their fruit, their behavior. Which is what? Pedophilia, lust, sex trafficking, incest, bestiality, gender confusion, homosexuality, abortion, the list goes on. In this part two episode, you'll also get my findings on the Global 2000 Report, a blueprint for global genocide that was written and adopted in 1979. You'll see what the power players of the elite, also called the Illuminati, envision for the New World Order. And lastly, in this episode, you'll see the first major door that the United States opened, which allowed all of this corruption to take place. We are reaping exactly what we have sown. The episode, The Nephilim at Work Today, unveils the strategy of how the Nephilim have maneuvered their way into top leadership in our culture. We see the growing Nephilim influence in boardrooms, legislative meetings, in city councils, school boards, and even churches to inject otherworldly views and to shift mental and spiritual mindsets. This episode will help you learn to spot the decoys, the ones who look normal on the outside but at their core are not one of us. And when you run into decoys, how do you deal with them? Equally important, you will learn how to protect yourself so you don't become one. In this episode, I give historical and biblical context as to how pervasive the Nephilim's influence will be in the latter days and what the signs are as their influence grows. I talk about the final kingdom that Daniel described and how that kingdom looks like ours. You'll see Alexander the Great in a different light, in that Daniel traces Alexander's DNA back to the Nephilim, and how those descended from his reign wound up in Europe and intermarried into the highest echelons of world power, birthing the players that are now orchestrating the New World Order. 
If you want all these facts from this three-part series in writing, you can find it as a monograph in my online store at CandiceLong.com. It's called Return of the Nephilim, which helps support the work that I do. In the descriptive notes to this podcast, I include a link to the monograph, and I'm also going to give you links to three other monographs around this topic. I don't want to overwhelm you, but I want you to understand that my connecting the vaccine to the mark of the beast was not a momentary idea blip. The research the Lord has had me do in this area has been extensive, spanning almost 10 years. So please check out these resources that I list for you in this episode's descriptive notes. In the episode called Surviving the Coming Judgment, I break out the important application of Proverbs 26 and reveal how we have opened doors to bring harm to our nation. This is important insight for intercessors and those burdened to pray for our country and to repent for our sins. I also share how these open doors relate to the cells in our bodies being more susceptible to disease. Now, knowing what these open doors are and closing them can literally save our lives and the lives of others. I conclude this episode with seven things that you can practically do right now to help your family survive the judgment should things get worse. The last group of episodes that are especially pertinent to the vaccine Mark of the Beast connection is another important three-part series called the Nephilim UFO Connection. Just the other day, there was another segment on 60 Minutes showing the strange things that pilots have been seeing in the skies for many years. I have felt a sense of urgency to lay a proper biblical foundation on this topic because I believe it's just beginning to raise its head after many years of covert suppression, but one that will likely dominate the news cycle in the months and the years to come. Now, I know that a lot of you may just roll your eyes, and you have every right to dismiss what I say altogether. But I want to go on record as saying that I believe three things. Number one, UFOs exist, their activity will grow, and it will scare the crap out of millions of people. Number two, their increased activity is a key biblical sign of how close we are to the very end of days. And number three, it is vital to have biblical commentary to make sense of what these UFOs are and how they will impact our lives from now on once they truly come out in the open for everybody to see. This three-part series looks at this topic from three points of view, each one heavily researched to provide both biblical and historical commentary. These episodes will answer the questions everybody has about UFOs. What are they? Who are they? And what do they want? The answers are found in the proper understanding of the Nephilim and their game plan leading up to the final war against Messiah at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, I've chosen to bypass three episodes that I did on how to interpret God dreams. And if this topic interests you, they're there if you need them. But I bring this up because I do considerable analysis on what I am shown in dreams. 
I have about 70 dreams a year. In 2020, I examined two decades' worth of dreams to see if a pattern emerged. And what I discovered was alarming. The number of warning dreams increased by 400% in this last decade over the first decade at the turn of the century. Now, that made me look more closely at the dreams from 2011 to 2019. And there it was. The year of the spike was 2013, and I had 14 warning dreams that year. I reread every one of those dreams looking for common denominators, and I found it. All of these dreams had to do with the invasion of the Nephilim. In the Nephilim UFO Connection Part 1, I look at this topic from our perspective, focusing on four events that followed World War II as to how the Nephilim first made contact with us in the 1940s, which led to government cover-ups and murders of many people trying to discover the truth. Part two is the alien story. Researching this episode took a long time and reveals key insights into how the Nephilim are likely involved in the production of vaccines to alter the DNA of our people. Now, this episode is particularly insightful and looks at how the Nephilim view themselves The research is taken from their own writings, drawings, and artifacts going back thousands and thousands of years before our Old Testament was written. My source material comes from the late biblical scholar and internationally acclaimed author, Zechariah Sitchin, who was one of few scholars able to read and interpret the ancient clay tablets of the earliest civilizations, as well as ancient Sumerian and Akkadian languages. I want to assure you that hearing this episode will not make you question your core beliefs about God and the Bible. Rather, it will enlighten you in what the Nephilim believe about themselves, how they did what they did early on, how adept they are in genetic engineering, how they manufactured an entire race to serve them. Now, notice I said manufactured a race rather than created, because only our God has the ability to create from nothing. How this race of human beings look like us but are not like us in their DNA, and how they believe that the earth and all of its resources, along with all of the humans, they believe belong to them. You'll hear where they came from and what they want with us. Now, I'm not a fearmonger, so my motive is to enlighten you, not to terrorize you. Our God protects his own, and we need to know what we may confront in our lifetime, how to pray, and what we can expect our Father to do for us when this invasion comes. Jesus said in Luke 21 that before the day of the Lord, there would be terrors and great signs in the heavens but we are never to fear. Our Lord told us plainly these things would take place, but to hold on to his promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. This episode explains all about the UFOs and who is flying around in the skies.
I consider this a foundational teaching because of the in-depth record they kept of how they experimented with genetics to find the right combination of DNA manipulation to bring about the perfect humans, in their eyes, who would be compliant to their wishes and do whatever they want to do with planet Earth. Now, part three looks at the Nephilim UFO connection from God's perspective. I want to answer questions that you may have, such as, are these UFOs referenced in the Bible? And why does God appear to be sitting back and doing nothing about them? I will examine in more detail these two races of human beings growing up side by side and the biblical references that support this view. As I was researching, I found familiar parables come alive with this understanding. The upshot is that we need to be very aware that people we associate with every day, through business, within our families, or even in churches, may not be the real deal. I explore how we can learn to discern the difference. Again, it all boils down to what fruit people manifest. Do they resemble our Father in Heaven by their actions and character? Or do they resemble the great deceiver who says one thing with his mouth but acts in the opposite way? What do we do when we encounter decoys? I have lived through this experience. God put me in a very real situation where I had no idea what was going on. I saw people change that I knew and had known for years, and they changed drastically. I searched the scriptures for years to understand this phenomenon because this is happening with greater frequency now, and many sincere believers are getting hurt and lured into things the Father never meant for our well-being. The final part of this episode focuses on the biblical understanding of what the world calls UFOs. God has his own chariot, which is how he moves through the heavens. We compare that with what we are seeing in the nightly news. And finally, I give a perspective on what I believe the aliens are up to, trying to terrorize us with these sightings. It's all leading up to that day. When in one moment in time, two events happen simultaneously. The resurrection, which Christians refer to as the rapture, and the onset of the seven-year birth pangs, known to most as the tribulation. Rest assured, God is in his kingdom, and nothing passes by him unawares. His day, the day of the Lord, has been preached prophesied, and long-awaited for almost 6,000 years. I believe it will happen in our lifetime. Again, if you would like all of the research and resources in writing on this three-part series, you'll find a monograph called The Nephilim UFO Connection in my online store at CandiceLong.com. As always, with any episode, you can look at my description notes and find links to my resource material and recommended reading on a topic that you're interested in learning more about. And you can find this episode on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. Who did the angel of the Lord come to before Yeshua came into the world the first time? 
he came to the shepherds who were out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Keeping watch during the dangerous night season is my assignment, and I'm humbled by it. I pray that you will bring what I share with you before the Lord. Let Him confirm whether or not I have heard from heaven correctly. I'm Candace Long. I want to thank you for listening. I don't ever take that for granted. I hope you'll join me again next time for Lessons in the Latter Days. God bless.